Welcome to the Shanti Sound Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Byrne, and to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of Shanti Sound, I've started my very own podcast exploring one of my favourite topics, the healing power of music and sound. I'm a lifelong musician and I've also been working extensively with sound therapy and sound healing for many years now. And I'm guessing that perhaps like me, you're here because you're also interested in all things to do with healing music and sound. Over the last 10 years, both through travelling and the internet, I've met some pretty awesome people and I'm excited to get to know them even better through these interviews. I'm really interested in people and what draws them to begin sharing music and sound in a healing or therapeutic way and in learning more about the healing and uplifting effects of immersing in sound and music. So if you do enjoy this podcast, I would love you to hit the subscribe button on whichever app you're listening on and do feel free to leave a review or a comment. And you can also check out the show notes from this and every episode at shantisound.com.au forward slash podcast. Well, I'm so excited to have with me on this episode, Malachi Lonsdale of Pranava Sound Therapy. Welcome, Malachi. Thank you, Michelle. It's a real pleasure to be here and thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you. I'd love to start off with just hearing a little bit about you, Malachi. So perhaps can you tell us where you grew up and where you are now and anything in between that you'd like to share? So I grew up in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, Australia, and I've been here for my whole life. This place is very ancient, the old continent of Lemuria with its beautiful forests, and I can only say that it's such a pleasure to live here. And I run a sound therapy clinic here. And yeah, so this is this is where I live. Yeah, I love where you live. I was lucky enough to visit a couple of months ago. I visit the Blue Mountains quite frequently because one of my very best friends lived there. And luckily she introduced me to you and even wonderfully gifted me a sound healing with you, which I just love. Yeah. And I actually might just go straight there and talk about the beautiful instruments and the experience of coming to your space. You've got so many special instruments, but something that really is a bit of a wow factor, and I don't think there's many in Australia, is your monochord table. Mm, Can you tell yes. us about that and its creation? Because you you helped to create it. You, like, dreamed it into existence. Yeah, yes, very much. And uh, as, as my friend who we work together in these sorts of projects says, no single bee builds the hive. In order to make this and bring this beautiful exquisite creation into life yes I was very much a part of the dreaming process of that and the envisioning process but with tremendous thanks and and love for my friend who managed to make it physical you know with his extraordinary crafting abilities 
it's been such a, a treasure for me and everyone who comes here to experience and not just the, the audible beauty, but the, the physical beauty, the, the detail that's gone into the sound holes. There's an inlay um, of the flower of life in the sound holes. Every little part of this instrument is really reflecting beauty and and that is actually one of the things that draws us all to sound therapy is, is this beauty, this world of beauty that, that we have the privilege to connect with, you know, the music, the sound that touches us all. Well, perhaps for those who don't know what a monochord table is, can you describe yeah. it a little bit more? So, yeah, so there's 65 strings underneath. They're all tuned to C at the moment. Sometimes we tune them to C sharp. We've used piano wire as, as the uh, string. It still is a bit of a, a mystery as to finding the best strings because it'd be really nice to find some coils wire, some coil strings, because that would enable more use of intervals. So I'm currently on the search for some coiled wire as we're building a second addition to this instrument. In one of the sessions recently, I had an envision of a second monochord that we actually hang from the ceiling. Wow. And this monochord is actually going to be suspended above this monochord. And thanks to my landlord and my dear friends, they actually had the idea to put these uh, gongs hanging in through the ceiling, you know, <laughs> I, I, was, I was speechless that the landlords came up with the idea and were so supportive. <laughs> but um, anyway, the, yeah. the idea is that we're going to hang another monochord and it will be designed with a sort of pulley system that can then be lowered as high or, or low above the body, you know, in maybe just skin level so that it wow. can gently caress the body. Um, but it too, as with this monochord, will have two speakers inside of it. Yeah. And these speakers will be connected together so that one of the remarkable additions that we were able to uh, manifest through, through this, this instrument was uh, accompanying tracks of frequencies and ambient, ambient music that was designed by plenty of people in YouTube. You can find all these remarkable tracks. And what I do is I, I play some of these tracks that are in the same tuning or in harmony with the instruments that I work with. And it really has added to the sense of continuity of the session. And so I'm very excited to see what's going to happen how how amazing it's going to be when there's above and below this and yeah. you know so incredible yeah but, like, and you know there's always more there's always more you can do and at some point you've got to be satisfied <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time as a as a creator you know we, we, we are creating these amazing things and it's just such a, a joy. It's, it's so satisfying to be able to have an idea and, and for that idea to become flesh, you know. <laughs>
Hopefully I'll get to experience that one day when I come back to the Blue Mountains and yeah. you've finally got it made. That sounds amazing. <laughs> one other thing about the Pythagorean monochord table, you've got mm. beautiful chakra inlays mm. all up the middle of it too. It's just yeah. stunning. How that was created was really just carving out a circle out of the um, top of the wood and then using a laser, um, which was used also for the flower of life pattern in the sand holes, to um, cut through little bits of wood the symbols of the chakras. We then glued them into that little hole and then poured resin over the top. And then uh, once that resin had dried, we, we uh, sanded it down and just knocked it over the top. And so, yeah, that's because I'm sure there's plenty of people who are interested in attempting to create an instrument. There's all sorts of things that people are doing out there. And uh, if there's anyone listening to this talk who's going to build something extraordinary, well, I salute you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh. And Malachi, what is the history of this table? I mean, not your table, but the instrument itself. Mm. Who came up with this idea or where did it come from? Do you know? What's known is still very minimal, but it is known that Pythagoras is one of the earliest people to have produced this. Often what you'll find when you look up Pythagorean monochord is a small little piece of timber with a single string hence the name monochord, but I'm not fully aware of the extent of his experiments with the number of strings, but I'm sure that that mystic was doing extraordinary work. It's known that he was very uh, developed as a, a spiritual master, as a, as a being who could tap into these and, and knew these deep mysteries of creation. And as all of these great beings who remain with humanity, his role was to assist and, and share this knowledge with us. Hence, this amazing knowledge of the musical scale and the proportions of nature, not just mathematical for the intellect, but for the emotional center, for, for the human being in its entirety. This is where I think of one of the questions you were going to ask me, who benefits from, from sound therapy? And I look at that not only as people, but biologically, it's, it's not so much for the intellect. It's for the emotional center. If you look up the effects of Beethoven in the world, you'll see that it just talks about, you know, the different influences that his work had intellectually or different things like that. And you think, well, what about the revolutionary qualities that imbued us with emotionally? What about the power that it, it produces in us to go deeply within ourselves and, and to recognize who we truly are, you know, and to inspire us to live, to, to inspire us to let go of the difficulties that continually bombard us, you know, the, the, the difficulties in the media, the difficulties in this world of samsara, you know, it's unavoidable and there's, there's no point complaining, but 
the point being that this amazing art form has power to soothe or soothe the wild beast, you know, as the saying goes. And why is it that it can soothe the wild beast? Well, it's because that wild beast isn't actually a wild beast. It's just a mask and behind that mask is a divine creature, you know, an essence, a soul. And we are that wild beast and within us all is that amazing essence and that tenderness, you know, that beauty that we can share with one another, a kind gesture, a gesture of lifting up our fellow men or loving one another, forgiving. That's what really this power of music and, and sound, its greatest gift is love. Um, so I really see that Pythagoras, um, he demonstrates there is obviously a place for the intellect. Like I, I don't mean to <laughs> say that the intellect is, is bad, you know. It, it definitely has its place and, and through through the intellect, we can understand these incredible ratios. We can understand the balance of nature. We can discover what works, how to fashion these incredible instruments. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just in awe of the engineering that, and the construction that different people play their roles. You know, it's like different bees in the hive. There's, mm. there's soldier bees, there's you know, queen bee. And I'm definitely not one of those constructor bees because I really don't um, quite have that knack. Uh, I, I think I could get there if I did it enough, but I definitely have a great sense for the um, envisioning process and, and for, for the playing process. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm also really interested in your other creation that I've mm. seen, your tuning fork holders. And I was wondering if you could tell us about those and also explain briefly how tuning forks can be used in sound therapy or sound healing. Yeah. A great person to um, inquire into for tuning forks is um, Eileen McCusick. And she's really one of the greatest pioneers of how to use them and she uses them in very interesting ways you know she she's quite intuitive with her way of using them which i find very interesting but but in general they they're these little metal prongs of various lengths and like all instruments all notes depending on the length of the of the metal determines how low a pitch or higher pitch the note is. So in this uh, older is C and G, and these uh, make the perfect fifth. It's often referred to as the whole body tuner for uh, the tuning forks in sound therapy. But these tuning forks are, are generally used to comb through the auric fields of the recipient and it is often really undervalued by sight. Like if you just look at these instruments and then you look at a gong or a monocot table or, you know, 
any of these amazing instruments, you're going to go, oh, I'll try one of those ones. But lo and behold, if you try, if you receive a, a treatment with these instruments, um, you will be really blown away by how palpable and, and how effective they are at helping us move into our energetic fields. Like as the recipient, you can feel that energetic wave uh, smoothing and releasing, restoring order and balance to our etheric body, which is obviously the uh, foundation for the physical body's well-being. And um, another use for these tuning forks is uh, the size of ears. So if you use an interval, you know, a unison, so you could use a C on one side and a C on the other, of the same pitch and that creates a really wonderful effect. I believe it's um, for a scalar effect. If they're slightly off, you get slightly off of their frequencies, then you create a binaural effect. So that's where the, this term binaural beat comes from mm. because, because of that sort of, um, It's just skimming off of each other, that, that effect, because they're just off of that frequency. It creates this sort of resistance and this, um, what's the term? I can't remember that term. Syncopation sort of feeling. It's sort of a syncopated feeling. But the cool thing is with these tuning fork holders, because this is one of the great greatest um, things that I was excited about with this little holder is because you can hold three in each holder so for me I like to use two at once and, and so you can set up two triads uh, or you can just uh, use a combination of six that really work well together and then you can actually just hold both of these over the body or the sides of the ears and it's just so powerful because the the alternative to using these uh, tuning fork holders is actually just to place these little tuning forks in between your fingers and the knuckles and it, it become it looks a bit cool like you might feel a bit like wolverine but <laughs> it's really tricky and it and it's like a few if yeah. you do it enough, you're bound to make a clanging noise. Yeah, right. <laughs> and also you you might get some sort of, um, you know, disorder in your hands if you're doing it regularly because yeah. it's so tension creates. So it's it's really a wonderful device. And, um, yeah, I guess like all things, it's to look for what's not there right now, you know, what in the industry isn't available yeah. or commonly available and how can we make it available? You know, what can we design? What can we invent? What can we play with, you know, to create something helpful? And um, as, as many sound therapists, you know, we plan to do this in the beginning we, we, we would like it to become our full job and 
in the beginning that's not practical because we have to get there from where we are. But as we get more and more regularity with our clients and our work, there's these little details that start to emerge with um, efficiency mm. in, in, in the clinic. You know, to have a table besides the, the massage table or the non-cord table, maybe a few tables so that you can rest your instruments around the place because you don't want to be constantly picking them up, putting them on the ground, you know, um, little details like the designated spots that you stations that you place your mallets or because you you know you might use that mallet there and over there so you need you need spots you need you need to create a sort of efficient um, means to carry out the sessions especially if you're doing quite a few in a single day so these little um, tuning fork holders and other things like that become all the more valuable and um, meaningful when you start to have more clients mm, yeah definitely it's it's a wonderful thing you've created there <laughs> well done <laughs> yeah thank you and thank you to my my friend who again helps uh, fashion these things amazing and I know you've got loads and loads of instruments for anyone who has looked at your Instagram or Facebook yeah. they would be able to see these incredible gongs that you have and uh, perhaps you could tell us about both of them because they're just so beautiful. Yeah, they are so beautiful and they really look like they're not from this world. They, <laughs> they look like they're astral, you know, they look like an astral creation. We have to pull a finger, am I dreaming? <laughs> but I, 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 I say that jokingly, but they're actually created using fire and heat so to get these colors these amazing colors and, and fire is really connected to that astral dimension and that world so in a, in a in a sense it is really connected through the astral in its physical appearance but these amazing gongs are very now accessible thanks to gong duana so stephen mazabo very lovely man he imports them from Italy, where they're built by Madhavan at Grotto Sonora. So people who actually build these beautiful things, create them, their, their name is Grotta Sonora, which means cave of sound. And if you look them up on uh, Instagram or Facebook, you can be there for hours just, yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> looking at these amazing instruments you know and their incredible ingenuity to fashion not only these gongs but like all sorts of different things like they've got this amazing instrument called the leaf which is also considered a monochord oh. they call it they call it it's like a monochord and it's a single string but it's very appealing much more compared to the little tiny string on a little wooden box it, it, it's hung uh, vertically and it's got this big leaf shield that's metallic and all the inlays of what a leaf would look like is carved out through it and it's just shiny, mesmerising and beautiful. But that leaf actually 
helps reverberate the the sound and amplify the sound of of that note of that monochord. So it's one single string, but the way that you play it is with a cello bow. And fortunately, I play the cello, so I have a cello bow. So I'm looking forward to getting one of these <laughs> instruments down the track. Yeah, you know, and and, and hanging it from the ceiling as well because. Um, you basically sit on the ground and, and you can just uh, use that cello bow or violin bow to um, activate it. And it's so deep. It's so deep and resonant. It doesn't sound like it's a single string. It sounds like so full and ambient. It's, wow. And just by placing, you know, your finger on a higher or lower part of that string whilst bowing, you can get different harmonics you know, oh. different tonalities so that wow. that's just another thing that they're doing it's really beautiful they've got these sitting bowls that are really like gongs that like, you sit in them like 50 inch <laughs> diameter and you know oh. you just activate them while the client or you yourself are sitting in there <sighs> so it's amazing what people are doing and it's amazing you know this is the age where where all of these things are accessible to us because of transport and so it's really yeah really exciting but but just to go back to these gongs um, the the one behind me which is a 38 inch lotus gong it's got these beautiful lotus carvings petals and a sort of swirl in the center it's stunning to behold with the eyes. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And so, so this gong is in C sharp, and it has quite a robust quality. It doesn't take a lot to bring out these notes. I invested in some nice mallets in order to make the most of this gong. Uh, some of which include uh, what you call lava mallets they're kind of like they look like lava rock sort of flumey rubber mallets of varying sizes for varying pitches and tonality again and you basically um, hold it against the gong and you feel that friction point and then you drag that friction and so that friction then creates a sort of effect where it blossoms out very very powerfully but this gong to the right of me is um, the newest gong and it's a 34 inch desert rose gong harp so desert rose gong harp gong and it's got these tuning pegs on the slide of it. This, there's uh, six rings over the top half of the gong. So you can still activate the fundamental note very easily. You can still use the lava friction mallets. Oh. And uh, along the six the bottom, strings yeah. next to each other, or is there like three and three or six? Uh, and the, six? Yeah, the six, six all together on the top. Uh, okay so yeah um and and it 
the gong actually works really well for the design as because the uh, circular nature of the gong means that as you put a string up above the next one, well, naturally that string will be shorter. Mm. So it, it really visually looks inspiring. It would look inspiring regardless of the strings because of just the amazing craft, craftsmanship. But mm. strings definitely add a sense of imagination of, and, and a sense of, oh, wow, I never would have thought of this. Um, amazing what's possible and to think then what else could be possible mm. for me. But in order to find the right tuning, it took, it took some time because you, know, you need to kind of experiment with this instrument. And it doesn't take, it's not too difficult um, because you just activate the fundamental note and then start playing with the tuning of one of the strings. And I ended up resting on, I haven't changed it since, the sort of pentatonic Asian scale. Yeah. And it's really beautiful, but I've, I thought about that and I actually was really glad that, that I loved that scale because the gong actually has Asian roots, as probably everyone's aware. So it's, it feels like it's really doing that justice and, and respect as well. I yeah, I always think about gongs and that connection with the the fire and being made in the fire, as it makes me feel like they have a strong effect on our solar plexus chakra because that's the chakra that's connected with fire. Do you have any thoughts on that? Wow, yeah, that's a really interesting point. I haven't thought of that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. You know, it's so beautiful. It's great to talk with different people because yeah. there's just so so many different mysteries and yeah, you know, I, Definitely. ways to look at things and yeah, yeah. It really it, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think these these gongs are very powerful for that. They, they definitely stimulate there. Um, but one of the things that a good friend says is that you, there's no hiding from the gun. Mm. There's no hiding from the gun. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, somebody has difficulty getting out of the head. And, yeah. and like we, we all have that sometimes, right? Mm. Like since the Greco-Roman period, the intellect has been put on a pedestal and now we're all paying for it. But these gongs really help to basically quieten that mind because you can't you can't neglect it. You can't go, oh, this sound, this angelic sound of the crystal bowl or the gong or the Tibetan bowl or the Koshi chimes. Uh, but I'm wondering, I'm thinking like this, no, the gongs bring you here now. Yeah. And they they say, Hey, who are you? Really? You know, let go. Let me in and <laughs> let me in, let me in, little pig. <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's, they're really beautiful. And, and mm. you know, one of the things that I'm really happy about is they're both in C sharp. Cool. But they both have different qualities, you know. Yeah. 
what the cool thing about Brothers and Oregons is they have so many different shapes and patterns that they engrave in, in their gongs and it definitely affects the overtones and it definitely affects the, the uh, texture of the tones. Yeah, nice. So though they're both C-sharp, there are different qualities in each of them, but also then when when they're both played together, it has this amazing effect, like when I was talking about the uh, unison intervals or even a binaural interval of just slightly off a different frequency because there are slightly different notes as well, you know, with the overtones, like similar to Tibetan bowls, they, there's a range of different sounds that come out of the, you know, that we can bring out of these instruments. And, um, Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just beautiful and so fun to explore. That's that's really the key. I think it's just an exploration with sound. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I was wondering, what drew you into this world of healing music and sound? Is it something that's been with you a long time? Uh, was there a point that, you know, just your life flipped into this need to start doing it tell me tell me how you came to be where you are now in relation to that I was very blessed with the fact that I cottoned on to the the power of music and sound at a very young age that phrase that I mentioned before that music has the power to tame beasts, you know. It mm. really reminds me of those times, the difficult times of childhood. Um, and the, the for all children as well, the education system is difficult. It's, but with all of those dynamics at play, I knew sound was really for me to pursue. And I remember in year three, one of the um, kids in the school came to the classroom and said that there were uh, at lunchtime openings for children to come and attend the uh, school band and to see the instruments to join if they like. And immediately I just... I felt something was calling me. I was like, hey, come, come here, you'll find refuge mm. through this medium. And I went there and I never, ever looked back. I always knew 100% that I had to pursue sound because it was so pure in its teaching of love and, and peace, you know, so pure in, in showing Honest, honest, it, it doesn't hide anything. It, it shows harmony. It shows us how to, to take that harmony and to feel that in our hearts. And, and so, so for me, that was, uh, and for everyone else, I'm sure, in this industry, it's the, the main importance of sound. And, you know that that's taking me on journeys as well you know um, so I've, I've taken on the, the cello as i mentioned earlier i play guitar and i've joined choirs 
and I still with some friends we we're in a, a small little group now called Mantras in Harmony, which a, a friend is running, and she's a really great pianist, and she um, basically groups all of us. And many people aren't really musically inclined, but they love music, so she's she's really good at helping everyone find their voice and their range and keeping everyone in check. So it's it's incredible what we're doing, you know, just certain mantras we'll find a beautiful harm, harmonizing tune you know we've got the soprano the alto the tenor and the bass and you know any we can set this up anywhere you can like if you're listening you obviously have an aptitude for sound and and an appreciation for its gifts and really there's nothing stopping us from diving into this to to beginning something with this and on an individual personal level but also in a communal level and Mm, it's it's a great connector yeah i mean i can't say how i I couldn't say how much i've been influenced by by this how enriched i've become from sound and obviously Life is always providing difficulties here and there, but but it's interesting to consider what could have become of my life or our life if this principle wasn't here. You know, if, if, if we didn't have this amazing refuge to to return to every day, you know, to connect within ourselves and. You know, to light a candle, to dim the lights, to do some mantralization, some prayer, some poetry. All of these things belong to that Venusian ray of love and beauty and art. And combining these things, you know, all together is so enriching. Mm. Listening to a symphony of Beethoven, if you don't, if you don't have an inclination to classical music, well, I dare you to put on his sixth or seventh or even ninth symphony, especially the Ode to Joy, and just sit down, allow yourself to breathe deeply, go into yourself and, and allow this sound to, this music, this, this music that really comes from the world of Tifereth, the causal world of sound and beauty, and I, you know, to to teach us to really go within that, and and this kind of touches on one of his quotes that I I wanted to share. It's Master Beethoven says, "Don't only practice your art, but force your way into its secrets." For it and knowledge can raise men to the divine. And as a musician, but also a sound practitioner, I'm always ever present with the fact that there are infinite levels to the mystery of sound, infinite levels to the potential with sound, you know, and sometimes there's a great idea that emerges what one can do with sound and 
sometimes it's it remains as an idea for now but down the track who knows you know when you see star trek and they've got these amazing healing pods you know in their show where somebody can completely disfigured you know dying within a few moments is placed in this pod and all of these vibrations and uh, a combination of the photon and the phonon are used or phonons being sound you know, uh, are basically organized and structured in a way that they bombard this organism and then restructure and rebuild that person you know with before your very eyes seeing all of these atoms and all of these molecules coming together you know this is it seems so impossible but it exists as an idea and and we know now the the nature of sound has all organizing properties and it and and the way that we now understand it scientifically gives much more credibility to the uh, terms used in the Bible in the beginning was the word and the word just stated life. You know? So understanding that sound basically condenses and materializes matter, then opens up a huge doorway for possibility and it's okay that we don't know how to do these things just yet because these are the secrets of the art and these are some of the secrets of the art and Beethoven's kind of inspiring us to question the possibility and, and the deep meaning that resides in music but also vibration as a, as a um life force because um, we we can question we, we can inquire you know with this amazing science of sound what what is the nature of the minor key for instance like why is it that there's a minor key and a major key in creation like this is a, an objective principle that exists like hmm. what is its function what is mm. its purpose you know and and some of these things have really been um, opened the lid to the box of mystery has been slightly lifted for me in in moments as they are for anyone who's you know curious and and perseveres with their heart into these these mysteries and I was fortunate once at, at an incredible musical performance to be so moved in my heart that it, my consciousness um, was able to perceive the, the music and the sounds as a living entity, as being alive in itself, as an expression and, and a living entity of the universe. And, and this knowledge is right under our nose. It, it's quite common sense, but to really acknowledge it, this minor key was the expression of creation longing to unite within itself, to, to connect to its true nature, to divinity, back to source. You know? That's why when we feel that minor key, we feel that longing, we feel that yearning, we feel 
that sense of lacking, but in a hopeful way, in a way that's driven with love and, and, and beauty. And, you know, melancholy is considered the gift of Saturn because when we go into that feeling, we create marvels, you know, just as all the greatest composers, you know, Tchaikovsky and Beethoven, they, their compositions, when, when imbued from that place of deep, deep yearning and, and struggle, were just so touching, so moving. So we can see how these principles are then dis distorted in society. You know, often the minor key is used in, in a way that is expressed egoically with, you know, the maybe someone smashed my car or, you know, my girlfriend's with my friend now or, you know, like it's often used in these kind of human mundane ways, which is still like, don't worry, I, I, I respect it, but it's um, not, it, it has a higher purpose. It has a, a higher meaning, deeper meaning. And so it just is something to share, you know, I, I think it's wonderful. I'm really grateful to have this uh, conversation with you about these things. Yeah, well, you're certainly making me have some interesting reflections. And yeah, I guess at a very basic level, when we think about major and minor, yeah, major, like I, I could describe them in two words, major is happy and minor mm. is sad. And mm. yeah, so it's really interesting just feeling into what what you were saying there about the the sound of the music and the longing and the yearning and the mm. it really can reflect that mm. within us and it's it's amazing how music and sound can have that effect to to help us to actually identify a feeling or to go into something that's going on inside yeah it's it's really amazing mm. thank you yes so on that level you know who is, who is this work most beneficial for is for everyone, of course, but especially for those who, you know, are, are really searching in this life, really yearning, feeling that yearning, feeling that disconnect from our true nature, you know, as we're hearing the most materialistic expression of the universe in the physical dimension, you know. We feel that disconnect. We feel that yearning, and 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 that's that's who this is really for. Most most useful for, of course, for everyone. Mm. For everyone, hopefully, as a message, as a signpost, that for those who may may not be that way inclined, may inquire deeper and find a place within themselves that actually is connected with that. I feel like you've done much inquiry and study and self-directed learning over your time in this field of music and sound, but you've got formal qualifications in sound therapy. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about that and your your connection with the Sound Healing Academy? Yeah, tell for me. sure. <laughs> I first found out about sound therapy through, because I attended a Gnostic school, which is a, mis a school of mysticism. And so... Uh, sound therapy was just one small module well not sound therapy but the pranava teaching so there's a segment so the um, module of pranava 
which is where I took the name for another sound therapy, you know, it basically is all encompassing for not primordial sound. That's what this word pranava means. Uh, and so that being uh, musically inclined, sound inclined, I, uh, I sought to pursue that element, that mantric, that vibration element. And as I researched online, I discovered that there was actually a, a, a school and they were doing uh, a workshop for the level one course, actually in my same town, you know, <laughs> which was really remarkable <laughs> because the, it's based in, in England, in the UK. And uh, I had the good fortune of connecting with Annie Ridgeway, who's now in Byron Bay, but she was living in Springwood in the Blue Mountains. And I've, I've done... Uh, the level one and diploma course with her through the academy and I also work on the courses with her um, assisting and uh, helping the students and it's always really interesting and it's always really uh, beautiful to connect with everyone and to re refresh the memory on certain principles that the that the uh, institute teachers is there an area that you specialize in not really it, it's all quite general on the workshops basically they they um you know sometimes i might give a demonstration with this or but annie's always the the main teacher uh, yeah but um but when, within the academy of sound I, I am appointed to support students i i get assigned different students and it's kind of like mentoring or just being a support for them while they're getting their degree, their, mm -hmm. their diploma. And it's so beautiful to inspire, inspire and be inspired by all these different people who are doing all sorts of amazing things. Like, you know, there's all, people generally come with a previous skill set. And if they don't, that's obviously it's all good. But it's always amazing to the fact that I'm here trying to help someone else learn, but they're also teaching me, you know, what what they're doing to bring to sound, like somatic healing or, you know, trauma release therapies and things like that. So it's really beautiful to see that connection. But but I constantly am reiterating the fact that these this work with sound is filled with mystery upon mystery, possibility. And sure, you know, with this academy, we can, what the academy does is it, it has looked at different people's works and who are, have, have pioneered in the sound therapy industry, most commonly recent people. And, um, you know, people like Eileen McCusick, for example, but these, this work has such ancient roots mm. and, and, and we do touch on these things in, in the academy as well, but to, to, to plumb the depths of them, mm. no, I think there's still so much more that we haven't tapped into or recognised. <laughs> but the Sound Healing Academy is a wonderful place to begin. Yeah. And you get credibility 
yeah it's great to have a framework and people are always asking me about courses in Australia so perhaps could you just give me the mm. website for for that yeah. academy so it's at the academy of soundhealing.com easy yeah yeah great I think it's wonderful I mean yes sound is absolutely something we can work with for ourselves and even with friends and family but it is great if you if you're interested to have a framework and some good grounding in techniques and and background from an academy you know to have those qualifications and certifications yeah and if you're like me if you're like me you really all of this kind of having to do a coursework you know to have having to do all of these forms and things that's I really struggle with all of that. I just want to enjoy it. But um, it's great to be able to have, you know, this structure and the support of a um, support teacher or someone to constantly guide, help prompt you to keep going, just finish it, just do it, just do the coursework, you know, because at the end of that, you're going to get this qualification that people will respect and and will open doors for you to be mm-hmm. able to then go and and set up anything you want you know it, then it's all on you with your motivation but obviously it takes time like these instruments are expensive and yeah and i, I don't want to yeah i don't like we don't want to pretend that you know it's all easy to get to that point like no. you know probably like everyone probably like yourself Michelle like me like in order to collect these instruments so much work not in sound work but invest work for me landscaping gardening you know my body is pretty sore now <laughs> you know and just putting everything into this vision you know that's that's kind of what we have to do you know? mm, yeah uh, and and when, when you do that the more energy you put into what you want to do and what you love it doesn't matter you don't have to be rich you don't have to whatever but the more energy that will then the more that will give back you know the more somehow you're putting everything into this and you're loving it and sure sometimes you've got these attachments because we're dealing with material objects and so Mm. sometimes it is we've got to find that balance between the materialism of the world and then also the spiritual side of the, what this works about and and finding that balance is difficult sometimes because i've been really really connected to that material process of collecting income and, and building these and getting these instruments and so yeah sometimes there's been you know sort of attachment things that i've had to work through but it's fine because ultimately we it's all we we love this work and we love what it brings out in us and others so um, people feel that and people come the more that we do this the more that we commit to our our calling people come and more people come and more people come and they leave very grateful mm, yeah <laughs> so Malachi, could you briefly sum up your services that you offer and how people can contact you? Yes, uh, I offer uh, one-to-one sessions. They're really magical because 
therefore that person gets the awesome experience with this table. But groups is also really beautiful here in this space. There's enough room for a number of people here for sound bars. So that's really wonderful. You can contact me via mobile phone, which is uh, 0470 or you can email me at pranavasoundtherapy uh, at gmail.com. You can find me on uh, Instagram. You can find those pages, uh, Sound Therapy, uh, Facebook, or the website, uh, www.pranavasoundtherapy.com.au. And um, yeah. Amazing. I'll put all those links on the show notes and then people can jump on and have a look at all the pictures of your amazing instruments and probably some yeah. videos too. Yeah. Yeah. And feel free to reach out, you know, and let's be a community. Let's support each other. And I'm very interested to see what other people are doing. Mm. So, yeah. Thank Lovely. you. Yeah. I loved coming to your beautiful space and experience your mm-hmm. sound healing so yeah i look forward to doing that again yeah it was a pleasure <laughs> and i was wondering if you have a personal practice that helps you stay well mentally or physically mm, yeah definitely the sound is one component but another component would be meditation and that is quite difficult word because people interpret it in so many different ways but you know to really be able to follow the breath you know because the mind gets busy the heart gets filled with all these layers of life of stress of frustration you know all these different egoical expressions of our personality that weigh up on us and so just relaxing the body taking a balanced asana either cross-legged or sitting in a comfortable sort of rocking chair or just a chair in general Um, and and just allowing the body to relax or if there's tension just allowing that to be part of your practice of just being present with what's there and just allowing that breath to deepen to really just find its natural rhythm it's, it's complete and rhythmic process deep into the diaphragm and to begin with counting that breath just as a means to then train the mind and the attention to begin to center in and go inwards and to concentrate so that process counting a few times up to 10 and then after that's been accomplished you know with um, consistency Uh, moving into following the breath naturally then becoming present with the prana and the vital aspect of the breath you know that that chi that christic force that gives our vital body its force and moves through our nadis our our, uh, subtle anatomy you know through the chakras through helps uh, helps us 
move that creative energy within us up the spine into the brain and into the heart and just feeling that and and as we move through that process the body holding any tension starts to have less tension and softer more and more and and so the mind and and the emotional center and the body can be seen like three elephants you know uh, with the with the breath and and the um, focus of the mind and the relaxation of the body it's it can be depicted like when there's an elephant that's uh, a bit loco, a bit crazy, one of the methods they do to bring him back to sanity is to put two sane elephants on either side of this elephant and tie them together. And that crazy elephant will start to entrain back to the normal elephants. So that's what our emotional center, our mind is like. We need to create order in these three three systems the body the emotion and the mind and then we will start to be able to then have these thoughts diminish slowly falling away without getting identified without having objections without interacting that then the mind becomes like a, a lake without any ripples every time we we get sucked into a thought it's like a little rock in in the lake and it's okay you know the important thing is not to reprimand ourselves for that because then we're creating big ripples but um once we've achieved that place this this beautiful what it's all for emerges the true meaning of meditation the true meaning of this art form with sound emerges this devotion emerges naturally because there's no it's there's no more noise that's preventing us from feeling us up you know this beautiful devotion for for our divine nature for for appreciating divine nature in us all and we can see the events that transpired clearly we can see when we felt so justified that actually you know, we, we contributed. So uh, this beautiful space of devotion and prayer, prayer is the most powerful, you know. And I suggest, you know, looking into Hafiz or Rumi, finding some beautiful, exquisite poetry from the heart, you know. Rumi has some amazing, poetry and so many other poets out there but yeah mm. so so that would be my recommendation awesome that. that just made me feel really relaxed just listening to you talking about the breath yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> so i thank you from my heart for for listening and for having me here Thank you, Michelle. Oh, thank you, Malachi. I'm sure everybody listening enjoyed that immensely. I did. So thanks again for your time. Many blessings to you and everybody listening. You've been listening to the Shanti Sound podcast. You can access all of the show notes at shantisound.com.au forward slash podcast. 
I would love you to subscribe, like, comment or leave a review wherever you're listening and connect with me on Instagram at Shanti underscore sound and Facebook at Shanti Sound Australia. The music and sounds featured in the intro and outro are excerpts from the Shanti Sound Soundbath CD recorded and produced by Michelle and James Byrne. You can download this and other music by Michelle and James Byrne at shantysound.com.au forward slash music. Remember, sound brings healing and presence. The truest and sweetest sound comes from within. So hum, sing and create sound whenever you can. Thanks for listening. I look forward to sharing with you again soon.